sash in the room, and his roguish smile had melted the heart of more than one lovely lady. It is the men, Charles Crocker even, who are the envious ones. When I leave tomorrow morning, I am afraid all those drooling gentlemen who, even now, cannot keep their eyes off your matchless form, will flock to replace me. Ha! Huh? Dolly cried with pleasure. Then I shall give them the toe of my slipper. Even Crocker? Yes, of course. He is far too old for me. He is a rich and a gentleman. So are you. And furthermore... The spectators began to applaud, and Dolly's words were drowned and forgotten as they smiled in acknowledgment. Then the onlookers streamed onto the dance floor as Darby maneuvered the woman in his arms toward the door. "'Where are you taking me?' she asked, hopefully. "'It's a bit early to escape. Not even eleven yet.' "'I know,' he said, guiding her outside into the cool night air. It was winter. The leaves were gone, and just at the edge of the grounds the Truckee River flowed noisily through town. "'Would you mind going for a stroll?' Oh, "'Of course not. But it's cold out.' "'I'll get my coat and your wrap. You wait here.' It took Darby nearly thirty minutes to return from the cloakroom, after having made at least a dozen explanations that he and Miss Beavers were not leaving permanently, but only going to take a short walk. When he finally did return, he'd about decided that it hadn't been worth the effort. In another hour they could have left Charles Crocker's party without an excuse. "'Mr. Buckingham, sneaking away with my jewel so early!' Darby made himself laugh good-naturedly. He liked Charles Crocker, president of the Central Pacific Railroad. The man weighed over 250 pounds and was a rough-and-tumble entrepreneur, whose immense vitality inspired all who had worked for him on driving the Central Pacific over the Sierras. Crocker was what American success stories were all about. A saloon-keeper's son from Troy, New York, he'd spent his teens drifting west learning the blacksmith's trade, and becoming one of the best at it. He'd developed enormous strength, and had brawled and fought his way to California, where he'd finally become a dry-goods store owner. The rest was history, as he, Mark Hopkins, Leland Stanford, and C.P. Huntington had joined to build a railroad. "'Charles,' Darby said with mock severity, if you have any intentions of inflicting your dubious charms on Miss Beavers, you'd better forget them at once. Or, Crocker said, or, or when I write the history of this transcontinental railroad race, I'll reveal some of the shenanigans you've pulled in order to obtain construction funds from Congress. Crocker took a step back. You wouldn't, not to a friend. A friend, Darby said would not pursue his friend's woman. Crocker scowled. His eyes drifted below Dolly's neckline. Then he sighed deeply. Oh, very well, Buckingham, but your terms are harsh indeed. May I have the honor of delivering Miss Beavers on the day the rails meet? Of course you may. Dolly interrupted, for on that occasion 
when the last rail has been spiked and the great day is at hand, Darby and I will be wed. Wed? Crocker glanced at Darby. Is this true? he gasped. After all these years, Buckingham, you've actually decided to be married? Darby blushed slightly. Please keep your voice down, he said quietly. I'd like you to be my best man. For once in his life, Charles Crocker seemed almost overcome. What an honor you bestow upon me. Of course I will. I'll see that a preacher is in attendance, that an entire—no, a half-dozen cars are decorated for the occasion. Ice, flowers, champagne, cake. We'll have the grandest railroad wedding of all time. Dolly threw her arm.